Hi, and welcome to Make Space for Nature from Nature Scott, the podcast that celebrates Scotland's nature and landscapes. I'm Kirsten Guthrie, and in each episode, we'll help you connect with and take care of our amazing natural world. In this episode, Nature Scott's Chief Executive Francesca Osowska and Lorna Slater, MSP, Minister for Green Skills, Circular Economy and Biodiversity, discuss what the Scottish Government and Nature Scott are doing to tackle the climate and nature crisis and what radical change is needed by us all to help heal Mother Nature by 2045. Well, we're here in the absolutely stunning setting of the Royal Botanic Garden, Edinburgh, and I'm really delighted to be joined by Lorna Slater, Minister for Biodiversity, our Nature Scott Minister, to talk about ambitions and hopes for the future. Minister, welcome. And I wonder if I could just start by thinking back to 2019, which now seems quite a while ago, and you were part of a pioneering expedition, one of only three women who went on the homeward bound expedition to Antarctica. So can you tell me how that shaped your views of the environment? Uh, Thank you very much, Francesca. It's lovely to see you again. And thanks for having me here today. The homeward bound program is an extraordinary one. So I was one of three women from Scotland who participated in the third cohort of homeward bound. The, The goal of homeward bound is to create a network of a thousand women around the world to tackle the climate crisis and the nature crisis, uh, focusing primarily on women scientists and women engineers, women in STEM. And that is because we want to bridge the gap between what scientists know about climate, the climate emergency and nature emergency, and what politicians frankly aren't or haven't been doing. So participating in that was amazing to meet women who are working in, you know, in Africa, in Australia, in South America, in Antarctica itself, And everybody tells the same story, whether they're looking at newts on mountains or forest fires in America or mosses in Antarctica, everybody tells the same story. The same story of cataclysmic change, the same story of humans having this dire effect on the planet that they are measuring every day. And the story is the same from everywhere. So what was interesting on that is how coherent that story is from science around the world. Uh, And also the key in this particular program was about women working together and that the phrase is that mother nature needs her daughters and that women have an important role to play in tackling the climate and nature emergencies because of our, you know, according to the program, because of our unique ability to network and cooperate and work together and because we bring a different approach. And I think it's something that we're seeing more of, obviously, the two of us here today discussing this is amazing. And, you know, in politics and STEM in general, women are underrepresented. So it is wonderful for women to find our power and to connect with each other to tackle these enormous issues. No, that's absolutely fantastic. And, and 2019 was, was quite a year. And from my perspective, if I think back to, you know, my journey in terms of passion for nature, but also passion for nature restoration, 2019 was the year that Scotland declared a climate emergency, the first country to do so. It was also the year that the IPBEST report told us of the perilous state of nature across the world. And I gave a a speech that year to the RSE talking about the terrible and apocalyptical events that might not, you know, might occur if we, if we didn't tackle this. And I really passionately still feel that and feel that urgency. And I suspect you feel that even more so in your in your current position. 
In my current position, I have some ability to, to do something about it, I guess. And, and that must be the same with yourself, to have a leadership role in Scotland and tackling the climate crisis. H- how is that for you? Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed. And we hear a little bit about that, don't we, from, from people thinking that this is just too big an issue to tackle. But yeah, you and I and, and, and many others have agency. And I think in, in Nature Scott, And what has been absolutely great with the publication of our new strategy, A Nature Rich Future for All, has been, and with your encouragement, actually, it's been that we're able to be much clearer, much more bold about what needs to happen. And what that is, is ecological protection and restoration at scale as well as ensuring that people can value nature. And that is at the heart of our new strategy for the the next four years, and we might say something about that. So having the ability to affect change, sometimes directly through Nature Scott, sometimes, and in fact, on many occasions working with others, is an absolute privilege. But I'm completely convinced that, yeah, radical change is, is needed. And it'd be really interesting to hear from you in terms of where you think that radical change needs to be and, and how Nature Scott can help you. Well, I'm excited that you yourself as, you know, the, the lead, in the leadership role of Nature Scott has a vision for that radical change. Because I think we are at a, at a sort of tipping point that people now get the climate crisis. They get there's a nature emergency, but we're at the, okay, now what do we do? And I see Nature Scott as having the leadership role in that nature emergency in Scotland because Nature Scott is the only organization with the mission to protect and conserve and restore nature for the whole country, and who can play that facilitation role to bring together land managers, other organizations, ENGOs, and your own expertise to make that happen. So it's exciting to me that Nature Scott is in this position, that you have a leadership role, that you have that sort of vision. And I guess we are all together now most concerned about delivery. How do, where, where are our priorities? And I think the corporate plan is good. I'm excited about it because it focuses on the key issues. You know, as you say, it can feel overwhelming, the climate crisis, the nature emergency, but we do know what the most important things are. You know, land use change, that, that's, the, that's the peatland stuff, you know, tackling the biodiversity crisis, that's herbivore pressure. We know that's deer management. So they are right away. I'm not saying those things are easy to do, but Nature Scott has the expertise to do things and we're doing what we can to make sure that Nature Scott has the resources to do these things and to coordinate them. Now, of course, it won't be Nature Scott alone, but I think that you have a leadership and facilitation role to look at that bigger picture that nobody else has. And without the sort of balance of commercial interests in the same way that other, you know, obviously we, ha- we need to have a thri- thriving economy in Scotland. I'm not saying that's not the case, but Nature Scott doesn't have those internal commercial pressures that say, for example, forestry do or agriculture do, so that you're able to take a much more step back picture and focus on the, on the end game. So I was very excited that the corporate plan lines up with the direction of travel that I want to see on our biodiversity strategy, and that is evidence-based, science-based, what do, you know, where do we need to get to? How do we meet our goal of stopping biodiversity decline by 2030 and turning it around so that we are restoring nature, helping mother nature to heal, by 2045. I absolutely think that Nature Scott's not only in the lead on that in terms of its vision, but in on the ground in terms of delivery, in terms of hectares of peatland restored and, and you know, hectares of trees planted. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you talked about that long-term perspective and, and I'm really conscious of, of that. At the same time, we're all hungry for something to happen, you know, today, tomorrow, next week. But we do have a long-term perspective. We do have the Scottish Biodiversity Strategy coming out later in the year, which will be completely complementary to our strategic plan. We do have these goals of 2030 and 2045, as you've said. But just maybe shortening the time horizon slightly, our strategy, perhaps slightly artificially, but it is a four-year strategy. That's what we're, you know, that's what our uh, legislation requires. So up till 2026 and understanding this long-term pathway that we have. You've mentioned some of the priorities already, but do you want to say a bit more about, you know, on that pathway to reversing biodiversity decline, to turning it around by 2045, where, where should we focus our efforts in these next four years? I mean, that, that's a big question, isn't it? I think because we need to change the dial so significantly, there's got to be multiple threads going on. And part of that is the learning and understanding, you know, techniques for peatland restoration are still being developed. I've been out to see some excellent projects of restoring rivers, putting snags back in rivers, the planting, riparian planting along rivers. Some of that we're still learning how to do the best technique. So, you know, Nature Scott is well placed to support that learning and distribute that expertise, make sure that when we do learn a new technique or an organization has developed something new that we capture that expertise and roll that out. And I think there's also the getting going at pace in terms of the top issues, which are things like the peatland restoration and the deer management. Those are kind of top line issues. They're enormous issues. But what we need to do is get started. And I know we, I know we have started. I'm not trying to suggest we haven't started, but we need to scale those things up massively. Take the learnings from the work that's already been done and figure out how to, how to do five times as much, how to do 10 times as much. Because every year that we delay that scaling up means more aggressive scaling up later on. So yeah, two elements. Let's let's learn and distribute that learning and let's let's get started and scale that up quickly. No, I think that that's absolutely right. And just from uh, my own perspective and coming back to, to something you said earlier, and you talked about Nature Scott's role and mission, and we are the only public body charged with protecting nature. And you've really pushed Nature Scott hard and pushed me hard in thinking about how we really have laser focus on nature protection. You know, let's not trash what we've got. Restoration, you know, we, we need to improve. We know that nature in Scotland is imperiled as it is across the world. And then bringing, as you said, our communities, our landowners, our land managers, everybody involved uh, with us to ensure that nature is valued for, for years to come. So I think that focus that you've given us um, has been really important. And within our new strategy, we've got kind of 12 very clear priorities. Don't worry, I'm not going to list them all now. But just what you were saying in terms of peatland restoration, scale, pace, deer management, it is now accepted that we are, you know, deer is, is not in ecological balance across Scotland. And we need to restore that ecological balance. Again, pace, scale, our marine environment. I mean, Scotland is, you know, got such an amazing wealth in terms of its marine environment, both from biodiversity, but also from carbon store. Again, I come back to protect, let's not trash it. And the commitment from the Scottish government to 10% highly protected is really, uh, you know, great. And we're so supportive of that. But we need to 
put resource into that. We need to do that and we need to do it again. We need to do move at pace and scale. So all these commitments together, and as I say, we've got kind of very clear priorities in our strategy and just hearing what you say about learning from one area to the other and not kind of working in silos, I think is really important. It was actually a Nature Scott report that alarmed me so much. The one that said that over the last 30 years, biodiversity in Scotland has declined 24%. That's, that's not a tiny loss. That's a catastrophic loss. And that's while we've been trying to protect it. Nature Scott was, was formed about 30 years ago. So what that tells me is that what, what we've been doing hasn't been working. You know, to, to sort of steward that kind of decline, what, the single species approach, the, what I, what I think of as the polka dot approach, where we protect tiny, tiny areas with, and in a very sort of museum fashion, we protect it, which means we don't touch it. We don't think about the landscape as a whole. We don't think about historically, we haven't thought about connecting up protected areas or that they are living spaces where people need to live and work as well, and that therefore will change not only with how we manage it, but as the climate crisis accelerates as well. So I think uh, part of the conversation that we need to have, and ever since I've come into this role, it's what everybody says to me, is landscape scale, landscape scale, landscape. But that means a landscape that includes people, a landscape that has a thriving economy, a landscape that is dynamic and has that biodiversity and has that carbon element. So what we're trying to do is not recreate some distant mythical past. We are trying to create something new. And none of us know exactly how to do that. So we're feeling our way. But it's exciting to me that we have a common vision for what that looks like in terms of knowing that we want there to be people, repeopling of the highlands, knowing knowing and, and rural areas, knowing we want thriving rural areas, but also knowing that we want this landscape scale joined up approach so that when we look across the landscape of Scotland, it looks like a coherent whole and it is as this thriving interconnectedness that is dynamic and shifting as the climate shifts and as people's needs shift. And as the nature restoration proceeds, it's going to look different. We're going to have different species, different trees, different insects, And so Scotland will look different in the future. So part of that is preparing people and getting people to participate in that change so that they are excited to see the trees growing up along their rivers. So that when they see tree fall into the river, they think, oh, what a great place for salmon to spawn. What a great way to slow down that river so it won't flood the next town along. Instead of, oh dear, a tree's fallen, we need to clear it up. It's kind of embracing that messiness, that healthy uh, web of life that is that is nature and understanding our part in all that. And I think our audience here will be so kind of delighted to hear you, you say all of that. And I'm just going to pick up on a, a few of those points, which I, I think are absolutely crucial. And you referred to a more evolutionary approach to nature protection and restoration. So moving away from the single species moving away potentially from quite a, you know a, a mode of protection which is very lines on a map rather than thinking about ecological scale and i think we would all agree with that that we need that kind of more evolutionary engaging dynamic approach to nature restoration and maybe that'll be something that you know will become really interesting for the natural environment bill which i might just ask you about in a moment so couldn't agree more with that. And the, the people part, really crucial. People are a part of nature. 
we don't sit, you know, we're sitting in these beautiful surroundings um, in the botanical gardens. We are part of this ecosystem, which means that everything that we do will have consequences for us as a species as well as other species. So understanding and taking everyone on that journey on, on a crusade, if you like, to, to save nature, not because it's an, a, a fluffy thing to do. It's absolutely the right thing to do, but because it's a necessary thing to do to, to, to save ourselves in a way, I, I feel really strongly about. So yeah, absolutely couldn't agree more um, with all of that. But I mentioned the, the natural environment bill. It's been penciled in. We in Nature Scott have obviously clocked that. As I said earlier, there's a, a lovely trajectory, I think, from our corporate plan, the biodiversity strategy, and then into the, the natural environment bill. I know it's really early days, but any initial thoughts on, on a kind of vision for that and what you want to see from that piece of legislation, which will be groundbreaking for Scotland? Absolutely. I, I see that piece of legislation as part of a mosaic in the sense that we, we need to be looking at biodiversity and climate crisis across government legislation. And there's some very important bills coming through in this term of parliament, circular economy bill, agriculture bill, some licensing bills, uh, a land reform is going to be big, and, and then the natural environment bill as well. So I, what I want to do is see that in the context of all these other bills, because it cannot stand alone. As you said yourself, nature isn't something that's by itself. It needs to be integrated into all these things, including N NPF4, the national planning framework. So I want to see that as kind of the bow, if you like, on the present, that all these, all these pieces work together to give us a coherent set of tools and legislation, a coherent vision so that landowners, land managers, organizations like Nature Scott, organizations like our national parks, have the tools that they need, have the powers that they need, have the focus and the resources that they need so that we're all moving in that same direction. And I think the Natural Environment Bill can then be whatever we need that didn't get captured elsewhere to kind of tie, to kind of tie that all together. So we can look at where the gaps are in that other legislation and, and make sure that we've covered all the bases, if you like. So I, I definitely don't want people to think of that on, on our own. And I really want to use Nature Scott's expertise, because something that I've found when speaking with the a staff of Nature Scott is a huge amount of expertise, a passion for their work, of the desire to deliver and to deliver well. Everybody wants to do right by landowners, to do right by nature. And there's this, I think all of us feel this pull to stewardship, to hand on to future generations, something we can be proud of, something that we've helped to heal, something that we've made better and say, well, you know, this was this came to us in in a, in a poor state, and we've made it a bit better. We hand it along to you to make it better still. So I'm very much hoping that you know Nature Scott will work with us in contributing to all these bills, so that they do work together to that coherent vision for the future. No, absolutely, and I think that's great that you kind of set out that whole kind of legislative program, which is huge. It must be quite daunting for you, I'm sure, to, to think about all of that legislative work coming down the track. But when you were talking about that, one phrase that you used was whole government approach. And I think we've seen for different policy areas in the past governments trying to have whole government approaches. And it's been successful in some areas. I think climate change actually you kind of see that has kind of reached across all the different 
areas of the Scottish government and into to local government and beyond. Biodiversity in nature, perhaps not there yet, but in, in my view, equally important and critical that it is. So how can we help you instill that whole government approach to nature? Make sure you're having conversations with other ministers as well as myself. Uh, and we'll need to get our timing right so that we get input from Nature Scott at the right point for each of those pieces of legislation. And that, but, but that we're also thinking about it as part of the big picture. So we go, okay, we know we want to achieve that. That means we need this in the land reform bill and this in the agriculture bill and then that in the natural environment bill so that the pieces all work. So I guess there's some joint strategic thinking that we need to do. Uh, one of the wonderful things about my portfolio is that it does touch on so many other ministers' portfolios. So we're getting used to having to sit together and go, well, how does this affect you? And, and doing that interaction. But we can all, we can all do that so that we make sure that every minister hears the same story from you and is getting those same experiences and information. I'm relatively new in post. It's uh, been in the post six months now. Uh, and I'm, and I'm starting to learn the ropes, but it's definitely been a good opportunity to, to learn you know, not only my portfolio, but to connect with other ministers as well. So I think you're right that the nature crisis, biodiversity crisis is a little bit behind the climate crisis in terms of our understanding both of what it is, but also what we need to do about it. So that's my job to, to bring that across government. And I also want to catch up on something else you said earlier, which concerns me greatly, which is our marine environment. Because my feeling is that our both our understanding of the state of the marine environment and what to do about it is about 20 years behind the land. So we, we understand now the value of peatland, for example. We know how to restore it, even if we don't have the quite scaled up implementation of that, nor do we necessarily have all the connections with the different land manage managers and so on to make that happen. But we at least know what we need to do. But my feeling is in the marine space that we, we're not even there yet. We're not talking about restoration in the marine space at all yet. So I think that's something I would like to pick up. And that's definitely something that this needs to be across Scottish government as well. Completely agree with that. And in, in you've made you know, a number of references to Nature Scott's expertise. And it's really excellent to hear you say that we are a, a, a science-based and evidence-based organization. And we pride ourselves on being able to provide uh, advice, dispassionate and, and sometimes challenging at times, you know, the 2019 State of Nature report uh, to which you referred earlier. And I think we can do that in the marine environment um, as well as in the, the terrestrial environment. Just want to move on to a, an area which we've sort of covered, but maybe just talk a little bit more in detail. And that's how we work with others. So you talked about, you know, the whole government approach, really important uh, for portfolios to be connected. I feel that if we're going to affect this radical change that you want, then we absolutely need to work with and at times through others. We can't do it all alone. We've got a really crucial, important leadership and convening role, but maybe some other organizations will be delivering directly. So how do you see that collaboration and, and what's important to you there? I mean, I think Nature Scott already do play this role with your connections to Marine Scotland, to the Forestry and Land Commission, to the National Parks. I mean, keep keep up the good work there and, and continue that because you're the only organization that has those links to all of those bodies and the ENGOs that, that can do that work, can do that kind of oversight, that leadership, that nurturing and mentoring to, to help keep everybody on track. So I guess in that sense, keep, keep up the good work there and be proud of your leadership role, you know, really lean into that because there's no one else doing this. If we're going to protect, conserve, 
and restore nature in Scotland. It will be because of the leadership of Nature Scott. So really lean into that. Thank you. We will certainly um, try and, and live up to that mantle. And I guess just final question. We've talked quite a lot about what we want to see happen. We've got some like brilliantly, amb- and I mean this genuinely, brilliantly ambitious targets from the Scottish government in terms of peatland restoration, in terms of tree planting, in terms of our marine protection, um, in terms of the resource that's going into the Nature Restoration Fund, um, £65 million over five years. Who'd have thought that, you know, when I first took up um, my role in 2017, or even when you were on your Homeward Bound expedition in 2019. But just to, to finish off, give us a sense of the ambition and, and hopes that you have for the future. Well, I'm delighted that you mentioned the Nature Restoration Fund. £65 million sounds like a lot of money, but it, it doesn't go very far. I like to think of that as a start, as a seed to start that conversation so we can have examples of nature restoration, because I think part of the conversation is people aren't necessarily looking at Scotland's landscapes and going, this is damaged, it needs restoration. But when we have done a restoration project and are able to say, this is what healthy riparian planting looks like, this is what agroforestry looks like, then we can inspire people. So I think that is just the start. And my hope is very much that with Nature Scott in the leadership role, that we can find, you know, the resources across the country in terms of private investment, in terms of you know, land managers doing their bit on their bit of land. And of course, our national parks have a leadership role to play as well so that we can, I guess, be a beacon for the country and show and show the way and show that we can have thriving agriculture industry, thriving forestry, and at the same time, tackle the nature emergency, that these are not either or, that it's an and. And if Nature Scott can help us show that, then I think that there is absolutely hope for the whole country. Lorna Slater, what a brilliant place to end. Nature Scott is a beacon for a nature-rich future for all. Thank you very much for the conversation and your time today. It's been a really inspirational way to pass 20 minutes. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying Make Space for Nature, please leave a review, follow us and share with others. If you'd like to find out more about how you can connect with and help protect Scotland's natural world, go to nature.scot.com.